Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, October 12th, 2021. If you can think back to when you were a child, I want you to ask yourself, did you enjoy uh, when you asked your parents why they were telling you to do something when they said, because I told you so? Did you like that as, as a kid? And we need to acknowledge on one level, that the Bible tells children, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And there is an extent to which as kids, we, we should not ask why every time we're, they're told to do something, they should learn to trust the authority of their parents. But now, especially for me, being on the flip side of that, I, I want my children to obey when they're told to do something without asking why, but also I want there to be good reasons why I'm asking them to do what they're doing. I'm not really asking them to do something just because I said so. As a parent, I want to have good reasons. Well, as we think about the Christian life and obeying the commands of God, we don't want to develop a mindset that is always questioning God or asking him why for everything. But we also want to understand that God has good reasons why he tells us to do the things he tells us to. And we're going to look at one passage, and I love how it lays it out, where it starts to get into all of these kind of quick, rapid-fire, imperative commands. But with so many of them, you see a reason why. And we're going to see that in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 16. And now we're going to see, uh, with all that he's talked about, as he gets to the end, the final chapter of Hebrews, again, it's just kind of rapid-fire commands. Uh, Not necessarily always on the same topic, but moving from one thing to another. But even as you look at it, you're going to see, here's a command, and here's a reason why. And again, this is not to train ourselves to always ask God why or be questioning God. But it's to help us learn to trust that when God tells us to do something, there's a good reason for what he is telling us to do. It starts, it says, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And so there it gives that reason. Hey, let brotherly love continue. And then kind of as an extension of that, show hospitality because some have entertained angels angels unawares. And obviously this brings to mind Abraham and Lot all the way back in Genesis, where they invite people into their homes who end up being angels. Uh, But see, look, there's the command and there's a reason. Uh, Verse three, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. So there again, we see a command, and then a reason. We, we need to remember the people who are in prison because we are members of the, the same body. And so just as, you know, when your arm hurts, you care, the, the Christians that are being mistreated, we should care for them because we are a part of the body. And then verse four says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. So there's the command. Let marriage be held in honor. Let the marriage bed be undefiled. Why? For God will judge the sexually immoral 
and adulterous. Now, there, that, that maybe sounds a little bit like because I said so, because God will judge you if you don't. But also, just consider the Proverbs, consider so many other passages that remind us, well, no, that's because sexual immorality and adultery cause all kinds of problems and pain. And so we need to keep the marriage bed undefiled. And we want to um, let marriage be held in honor. And then verses 5 and 6 really contain some of my favorite promises in the whole Bible. And again, it starts with the command, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So there, even just as we read those verses, I I love that there's a command to be content, a command to not love money. And then the reason why is some precious promises from God, because I will never leave you nor forsake you, Uh, because we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So even as you read all those things, I want to encourage you uh, to even identify some of those commands that you really need to uh, look at in your own life, commands you need to guard against. And as you think about those things, remember God has a reason why he's telling you to do what you're doing. And many times those reasons even are promises of God because he will never leave you or forsake you. And that the Lord is at our side. He is our helper. We don't have to fear Uh, So there's some great promises, and I hope that reminds us just of the great reasons to obey God. And as we think about the reasons uh, why we should obey God, we're going to realize some of them are very positive and some of them are uh, somewhat, we might say, negative. Uh, Even in the passage we read in Hebrews, we see the promise of don't don't love money, be content, because the Lord will never leave you or forsake you. But we also see, I guess, kind of on the more negative side, but keep the marriage bed undefiled because God will judge. And so you see kind of the promise uh, attached to that one commandment, but then also uh, really judgment connected with another. And as we go back now to the book of Jeremiah, we will see that. Jeremiah's chapter four and five. And as we look at these chapters today, I just again want to remind you, even chapter two gave us a beautiful picture, a powerful picture of really the the dangers and the tragedy of sin. That when we sin, we are forsaking God, the fountain of living water, to go after broken cisterns that can hold no water. And as we start chapter four, we we see the promise and the the penalty really uh, that comes with disobedience. It starts with a call to repentance. If you return, O Israel, declares the Lord, to me you should return. If you remove your detestable things from my presence and do not waver, and if you swear as the Lord lives in truth, in justice, and in righteousness, then nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him they shall glory. And then he goes on to again call them to repentance. And says, if if you do, you know, there's going to be this blessing and there's going to be glory. But then there's also, uh, we see here, clearly the threat of coming judgment as well. And 
Uh, In chapter 5, he proclaims that judgment, starting in verse 14. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, because you have spoken this word, behold, I am making my words in your mouth a fire, and this people would, and the fire shall consume them. Yikes, that's a pretty strong statement there, um, that God is going to burn up uh, the, the people in judgment. And so just as we continue to read through Jeremiah, we want to see this judgment is coming, but there was another path. Uh, There was a path of repentance and in the, in the Lord, there's a fountain of living waters. And so when this judgment comes, it's after the result of the tragedy of sin. And so I hope this just helps us today because today you are going to be tempted to, and you're going to have a choice before you to do what is right and to do what you know God would want you to do or uh, to give in to your own desires. And we need to be reminded of the good reasons why we should obey and also the reasons why we should not disobey. Uh, And we should do what God says because we trust him and because he said so. But we should also acknowledge he has really good reasons for why he tells us to do what he tells us to do. And we need to also remember as Christians, one of the reasons why that doesn't exist for us, uh, one of the reasons that is never, it shouldn't be one of the reasons why we do what we do and why we seek to obey God. And that reason is to earn our salvation or to earn forgiveness or to earn uh, favor with God. No, we are sinners and there's only one way to make that right. And we're reminded of that in John chapter 1, verses 19 through 34 today. Uh, We start with the testimony of John the Baptist as he talks to the religious leaders. But then we see John uh, proclaiming in, in verse 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And there we should be reminded just of what Jesus did, that he was the lamb of God. He was the sacrifice that died in our place. And because his blood was shed, we can be forgiven. So we do not obey to try to make up for our sin. We do not obey to try to earn our salvation. But as people who have put their faith in Christ and been washed by his blood, now we really obey for a variety of reasons. But I'd say really one of the main ones is faith because we trust God. We trust now that his commands are not just uh, some rule book that if we keep all of them, we can stay in his good graces. No, we see all his commands as a beautiful gift and all his commands directing us down a path of life and blessing and really the path of disobedience leading to danger and trouble and pain. And so I hope that helps us just understand why we should avoid sin, why we should seek to obey the Lord. Uh, Let's close just with the closing words of Psalm 118. So even just saying that out loud gets me excited because that means tomorrow we will be starting Psalm 119. And I can't wait to spend, really it'll be the next few weeks, uh, just slowly working through uh, that psalm together. But as we wrap up Psalm 118, let me just uh, read those verses for us. Starting in verse 25, it says, save us, we pray, O Lord. Uh, O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God 
and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And may we trust that goodness and trust that steadfast love even as reasons why behind the commandments of God as we seek to live for Him today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.